Well, season-ending foot surgery for Nemanja Bielica. Scott, anything to say? Dovegenia. Uh, what? Dovegenia. Huh? Nemanja knows what it means. Welcome to episode 47 of Wolves Cast. The show still mourning the Northwestern Wildcat loss in the NCAA tournament. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil, and I'm still not over it. Uh, we're we're just trying to figure out what happened out there. I was going to try my best not to bring this kind of negativity into the show. There's so much negativity in this world already, and then you have to hit me with it right in the open. I was going to give my wolfie to all those refs. Messed it up, but uh, you know, I was like, you know what? Try to bring some light into this. There we go. Yeah, Wildcats, uh, you know, they won one game, we celebrated last week, and then they lost to Gonzaga. You think I'm mad at NBA refereeing, man. (laughs) To be fair, though, you should have seen me in college. There's a couple NBA players who played in the Big Ten while I was at college who have definitely heard me scream some mean things to them, because back then no one came to Northwestern games, so like Draymond Green has definitely heard me cuss him out on the free throw line before. Good to know. Um, Thanks for joining us, everybody. This is Wolves Cast. We are here to talk. Timberwolves basketball and Northwestern Wildcats basketball, of course. Doing both, doing both. I have my Northwestern flag up in my cue ball week. Might come down tomorrow until the next time I have to bring it out, you know? (laughs) It just takes up all my other decorations. We're we're back with another show. Talking about the best kind of basketball, NBA basketball, where the referees stink, but they're still miles better. And those stupid college refs, oh my gosh, I think they're trying to get their kids into Gonzaga or some stuff. I don't think refs should be able to have their own brackets, Neil, because when yeah. they have Gonzaga in the final, like they're just they're just tempted to call, like not call, really glaring offensive goaltending. Yeah, so if you're a ref out there, don't gamble on these To be games, fair, though, please. the college rules are different, so I think maybe in college oh, you can yeah. stick your hand through the rim. And uh, Man, see, look, you already got me into it. We all don't right, have enough right, time on this podcast right. for yeah. me to get into it. <laughs> You guys know what happened. Uh, today on the show, everybody, we are going to recap the games that happened this week, talk about some headlines. Uh, you know, we have uh, some Caspi to talk about, uh, some new logo stuff, some China basketball. Uh, we have a sponsor um, this week, as usual. Um, and then we have uh, five questions with David Brower from the Ooh, Brit and Brower podcast. Yeah. That's right, David. He's very good, so uh, he'll, he'll be on the show soon. And then we'll do some weekly Wolfies and a game. We're going to spell some words, some a spelling bee game. So stay mm, tuned for interesting. that. Yeah, please stay around till the, the end. Scripps National Spelling Bee. <laughs> to hear us struggle to spell words. They got a four-year-old or a five-year-old? Can oh, I read about this. this. Yeah, yes. Five-year-old girl. They're one amazing. of the youngest people ever. Gosh, I love the Scripps National Spelling Bee. Also, Scott, I want to talk about Tom Thibodeau pins. Ooh. We haven't spoken about it on the show very much. And uh, you know what? I, I think I've noticed a correlation between us stopping, mentioning, and tweeting about it. And I haven't submitted very <laughs> many sales. orders lately. Uh, yeah, it turns out we have, to, we have to promote. we got to market. You know, this. all I can pay attention to is what is put in front of my face, Neil, on a daily basis. I can't pay attention to something right. from the past or the future because there's just so many tweets, so many things put in front of your face every second, you know? so Totally. We do have pins. Uh, for sale at our website wolfscast.com and uh, our first pin is a Tom Thibodeau pin it is the iconic image of him from 1989 with the flowing mullet you know the one tracksuit and all Minnesota you need to order more pins than Illinois most, <laughs> yeah. of, my, most of my pins are going to Chicago we're sending, and them, stuff. All, we're sending them all to all Chicago all those Chicago man. Bulls fans <laughs> got the real Tom Thibodeau love so you gotta catch up Minnesota buy them up you guys and for you the loyal listener to this podcast there is an offer code if you type in uh, the word ICE, I-C-E, at checkout, you will get free shipping on that. So make sure you go ice, over... ICE, square. ICE, ICE. <laughs> I like when he says square, square when it's time to square off. That means just guard straight on. Yep. Don't guard the left, don't guard the right, straight on. Um, but yeah, go check out the tips pins. Uh, we might have a new... We do have a new pin coming. It'll be here before the end of the season. That's a little Ooh, teaser right there for you. Interesting. You'll have to wait to see what that is. Tantalized. Tantalized. Um, Scott, let's talk about uh, let's talk about these games the week from this that week. Was. A little bit, uh, a little bit sad because we lost all of them. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, not the best. Uh, all them games, you know. Uh, there's one against the Spurs, so you got to kind of figure. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the other two, I was a little upset. About the other two seemed winnable. Pretty we, uh, bad defense. Yeah, we closed out a a road uh, a road trip uh, this week, and then had one game at home. It all started in Miami 
on Friday. Uh, we watched this game late because we yes, were out of town. We were out of town. I accidentally spoiled it for myself, oh, so no. that was never fun. Yeah, so the Wolves were in Miami, and they are a team who's been playing great uh, here in the second half of the season. They're about to make the playoffs after losing, like, uh, they lost more games than we did in our first uh, first, uh, 25. Yeah, they were bad. Um, They've come roaring back. They have, like, the best record in the league since January 1st. Crazy, crazy. And, uh, I mean, we're up there. I I saw some graphics during this game where it was saying, you know, since January 1st, they are, you know, first in offensive efficiency and like third in defensive efficiency and the kind of stuff you see like the Wolves have doing done a lot better at since we kind of had similar yeah. turnaround points in the season. True. Theirs has resulted in a lot more victories because they play in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> but the crazy thing is they're fighting for that playoff spot in the East. I guess we were fighting also. I mean, we're coming into this game, I believe we had 28 wins. They had 33. Right. And so we were only five games behind Pretty close. the win column. And, you know, so I guess it doesn't apply. I was going to say, man, the Eastern <laughs> Conference sure is easier. But I guess this year, I mean, you have a puncher's chance in the West if you got anything close to a 500 record. You always wish you were in the East, though. Maybe oh, someday. Yeah. Maybe someday the Wolves will flip like over. We are so close to Milwaukee, you guys. We're so close. Right there. We should be. We oh, should be over man, in just, the East. Just put us in that conference with Milwaukee and Detroit and Chicago and Indiana. I kind I think of about think, all the flight time we could save. The yeah. travel, they could, they could rent a bus. This is why I kind of am hoping for expansion. I feel like it's the mm. Wolves' only hope to move east. Yeah, is if, if we they get add Seattle, Seattle, if they add maybe one Vegas or two or West teams, you know? then we get moved over. Us and Memphis will get moved over. I Us like and that. New Orleans will get moved over. We'll probably just move New Orleans and Memphis. <laughs> what over, if they yeah. did? Ah, no, I think I like I like New Orleans though because being in the West because they have a uh, good proximity to like this Texas teams. Yeah, so at least their travel yeah. makes sense. Like that. you're stuck. Sorry guys, you're stuck in the West. Yeah, stay there. Uh, Miami, uh, just kind of a hard game to watch. The Wolves, uh, they just. I don't know. It wasn't like it was a close game for some of it and stuff. It wasn't like it was a blowout or anything, but uh, we both had notes about the team looking. I said they looked sluggish. Yeah. You said they looked gassed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this was this was a hard game. They Ricky only hit was two of their 12 three pointers. Ricky was finding everyone, and everyone was just missing the easy shots. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Ricky could have had 30 assists in this game if everyone just hit their like easy buckets. Ricky was getting them. Yeah. Um, we just, everybody, too. It wasn't like one guy or another. It was like everyone was missing the dinkers and dumpers, you know, as the, <laughs> as the starters are calling. Yeah. Yeah, we missed some easy shots in there. We missed a bunch of threes. Um, you know, they kept it close. We had they had the Miami had a 15 point lead going into halftime. We cut it down to three like right away in the third quarter. So we got it close, but then they just kind of stayed out in front after that and was never really never really a game, never really competitive. I just uh, watched this game like yesterday or something. Yeah, because um, I you know wanted to get it in. Yeah. for the pot. Yeah. Uh, did we find out what happened to Dion? That looked like he hurt himself. No, yeah. I wonder if he's it been back. Bad. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's a strange one. Um, but Dion yeah, Wiggins. Miami's a fun team. I'm always co- uh, kind of cheering for them because there's such like uh, I think Jim Pete called them the Island of Misfit Toys or something. Uh, <laughs> where, and uh, Coach Spo really has done a great job pulling them all together. Amazing. And they're a fun team that c- can be more than the sum of their parts. Fun yeah. to see Wayne Ellington have a role too. So. Uh, I love Wayne. Love Wayne. We always talk about Wayne. Little Wayne. All right. Uh, Sunday night, uh, the team then flew over to New Orleans and uh, lost another game in New Orleans. I think Carl Anthony Towns is now 0-5 against, uh, against uh, the um, Anthony Davis. The Kentucky big men. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not only that, but they showed us like Davis's record against the Timberwolves, and he's like, he's got, he's scoring like 30, <laughs> and, he's like 30 and 15, you know? He's like, he just kills Ooh. us. He gets up every game. And of course... You know, Cap came in last year. Anthony had a bad uh, year last year. He wasn't on an all-NBA team. And uh, Cat just came in as a un- unanimous rookie of the year, and everyone was like, "You know what? He's the I, guy. If there's one guy you can start your team with, let's do make it Carl Anthony Towns instead of Anthony Davis." You know, yeah. and Anthony Davis took notice of that, and uh, you know, I look forward to this rivalry because yeah. eventually, you know, I mean, the Kentucky big men just fight. Uh, I was wondering, do you, think, do you think they watched cousins the, now? Do you think they watched the Kentucky game together that day? Probably, yeah. They probably get that together. Cuz, big cuz, right? All those guys. Uh, would have loved to be a fly in that room. Um, so yeah, New Orleans gets the win there. The, uh, interesting game though, because uh, Jim Pizza was still hanging with the Northwestern crew um, out west uh, in Salt Lake City. This is the day after um, that loss, but uh, it meant Kevin Lynch was in. Timberwolves zero and one in games called by <laughs> Kevin Lynch now. So uh, I didn't think about that stat. That's yeah. a real stat. Um, that's a good one. Kevin Lynch, though, um, you know, uh, sorry. I mean, I do, I do like to hate on Kevin Lynch, but he was okay in this game. I mean, he wasn't. He's, he's obviously no Jim Peterson. That's a huge step down. 
but it wasn't like he was out here hating like he normally does. He was uh, complimentary of Ricky Rubio in the first quarter. He had nice things to say about him. Um, my main beef with Kevin Lynch was when he called Cole Aldrich a good offensive player. <laughs> mm. I thought that was funny. I had a good hearty laugh when he said, when he said that. Well, in the game. Compared to us, he is. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah we exactly. played against him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know. I thought Lynch was better than expected. Got to give him a little bit of credit for, for not being terrible. But he, obviously, he doesn't call games. He wasn't he wasn't kind of ready for this I, I feel like dave benz took the lead on this game <laughs> yeah um another game that we've uh lost when we led by double digits yeah we now lead the league in that stat did it again on the spurs too yep. so uh lead leaders in that so that's something you gotta clean up for the future um i was making a note that i love that when ricky gets a mismatch against a big he tries to make the steal but if he doesn't get the steal he makes sure he fouls the guy so the guy doesn't you know oh who do you get a foul? Shot. who do you have oh uh, it must have been boogie or ad i didn't know <laughs> yeah. the specific one but i was just, just like backed I, got, up. I gotta try that against jared at pick up hoops this sunday you know and i get back down just just go for that steal slash foul you know just reach in there make him he hates calling fouls too so he probably won't even call it <laughs> smart yeah um. Yes, I enjoyed in the arena Smoothie King Center. They were playing the People's Court music. Well, I get a bad call. I get a call. No, it was just like during the game. Like oh. I forget if the team was on offense or defense. Even you think it, it would be like, like during a review, right? Exactly. But it's just. <laughs> Of that high hat, uh, uh, Wolves game. Wolves played a good half. It was a good first half. Uh, they were um, it was a three point game, or excuse me, I'm not sure what it was at halftime. But uh, you know, the Wolves gave up 40 points in the third quarter, and then gave up 35 in the fourth quarter. <laughs> so that is an impressive, uh, you know, offensive display there for New Orleans. Uh, but wow, that that was just a bad second half for the Wolves. Hey, maybe here's an idea. How about when you know Nemanja goes down, you don't make your rotation shorter <laughs> when you're already playing these guys the most minutes in the league Ooh. like they showed a stat that total minutes in the league Wiggins is first Towns is third you know wow. and, and Wiggins just passed points per game Zach Levine because he fell off the list of nominees because he hasn't played enough games anymore so, Thibodeau effect I mean, is real per game. I'm just saying no wonder these guys look gassed and no wonder we're giving up these big leads in the fourth it's because we're playing these guys all these crazy minutes hopefully you know signing Caspi will help with that yeah because uh, that was the other thing about these first two losses is that we didn't have pneumonia and we felt we really felt his uh, the, the absence of his presence yeah Cole got some time out there to show off his uh, good offensive game <laughs> yeah <laughs> man I don't know if he missed any shots. He missed some shots in Cole the, Aldridge in the is Spurs game. So but. bad at basketball. It's incredible. He's very large though. That's, sometimes I said like I my pickup game, it's like compare your game, your pickup basketball game to an NBA player. I'd be like, Cole Aldridge, <laughs> I'm mainly just here to take up space. I'm really large, like I'll probably just bump into you and if I don't get a foul call, like I've I've successfully defended you kind of. You gotta try um, some more lefty hooks. Yeah, <laughs> I should. I, well, I would probably. I'd have about lefty. the same. I'd have the same accuracy. I think with it. So uh, maybe I should try it. Yeah, Cole's getting thrown in the mix right now. He's uh, he's getting some minutes after not getting minutes uh, earlier in the year. So get in there, man. Play some games. Um, cool. Um, Tuesday, San Antonio came to Target Center. Um, Wolves played them well. You were fun. there. I was there. It was a fun game. It was a late night game. Uh, 8.40 p.m. tip-off right there. And, uh, yeah, we I need to get go out. because I don't know if you guys know that I host trivia every Did Tuesday you guys night. Know? Did you guys know this? It starts at 6, Darby's Pub and Go. It's really close to the Target Center, actually. Just around the corner. Sometimes people go in. Uh, a lot around. of times they'll get drinks before Timberwolves games there. Good idea. You just walk there. It's so easy. Um, so I do trivia, 6 to 8, and I thought, you know what? I'm not going to be able to go to the Spurs game. It didn't start till 8.30. I could have easily gone. I can't believe I didn't yeah, go. It's usually yeah. just like, well, you know, Tuesday nights I can't go to Wolves games. And I could have easily gone to this one. This game let out at like 11.15 p.m. Very late night at Target Center. But the Wolves played a good game uh, for the most part, especially in the first half. Uh, second half was pretty good as well. Good defense. They finally got back to their good defensive ways um, that had been missing in the last couple games. Especially Rubio was so disruptive. Ooh. I love it. Yeah, just denying ball and getting out there. And in I front know of like people. Kawhi, you know, you can't stop him entirely because he's so good. But I mm. think I've seen saw some of Andrew Wiggins' best one on one defense against Kawhi. There were some plays where Andrew just shut him down in a way that was like uh, young Kawhi-ish. You're like, ooh, did a great job. Potential. And that that's more exciting than any kind of dunk is when Andrew Wiggins just shuts a guy down one on one. The guy drives because the dribble moves, he doesn't Stay, you know, yeah. Wiggins doesn't go for the shot fake. Stays with him. Oh man, that's those are some of my favorite highlights for Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, so the Wolves kept it close all game. Uh, during this one for the most point and uh you know the wolves uh, went up one point uh they, they had a uh you know a little bit of a you know good ending and 
and went up 93 to 92. Um, looked good. They had the ball, but then the Spurs. And then the recording stopped. <laughs> then the recording stopped. <laughs> I had a terrible job in time re- watching this game. First of all, so I'm away. I'm at trivia, you know? So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to record this. I'm going to record the ESPN feed because oh dvr yeah dvr i'm gonna dvr mm-hmm. the espn feed because you know sometimes they get the better hd cameras and it can be fun to see the different camera angles and stuff yeah when you don't watch the fsn feed big mistake because yeah. one the game before went the entire fourth the first i missed the entire first quarter of this game on the espn uh feed because they were playing the game that came before oh and so cut it, over. it picks up at the, the beginning of the second quarter and then the recording cuts off before the end of the game and so, luckily, I recorded the midnight version at M- uh, FSN because I'm like, that's the recap version. It's not nice. ideal because it's shortened because they have to get it into that two-hour time Condensed, block instead. Yeah. And uh, so, I was like, whatever. I'll get to see the first quarter and I'll get to see the ending because the nice thing is they always fit it into the two-hour block. Nope. They ran. Somehow, they knew exactly how much that two-hour block was and they still let it run over. I didn't see it. Both times it cut out, 93-92. And I was like, okay, got to Google the score. What? Uh, yeah, well... 193? 100-93 was the final. So, yeah, oh, the Wolves man. go up 93-92. Spurs go 8 to end the game. Uh, Wolves had the ball, though, up up one. That could have been it. But, uh, yeah, they blew it. Um, uh, uh, Doogie Wolfson had a great stat that the Wolves have led versus San Antonio the last four meetings at halftime. They've been up. They've been up at halftime, and they've lost all four of those games now. <laughs> Pretty funny. That just kind of shows you what San Antonio is capable of. Who's the vet team who can close out games here? It's them. The other reason I wish I watched the FSN one instead of the ESPN ones was the ESPN call was pretty bad. Mm. Pretty bad. Um, who, sorry, who Doug Collins. Oh, okay. Yeah, I saw the picture. Sorry, of Doug Collins. Yeah. I'm glad your son who was with him. Who was uh, with him? I forget. He wasn't great. Yeah. Uh, but there was one good point that I liked from Doug Collins. Oh. He said, You need to be able to get what Doc Rivers calls stops on demand, where you can go out and get four or five stops in a row and you get scores and win games, and the Wolves aren't there yet. And that's what the. That's what the Spurs did. They went out and got stops on a demand, shut it down for like a minute, and then they that's how they went from 92, 93 to 100. Stops on demand. I like stops that. on demand. Stops on demand. Um, the third quarter, we had uh, 10 turnovers and five field goals wow. in the third quarter. That was uh, particularly painful. Shouts to Shabazz. That's not good. 16 points in the second quarter. I like that. Woo. Um, Caspi, I, you know, trying too hard a little bit. He obviously, you know, isn't, hasn't had many practices with the team. So he was just kind of, uh, trying to fit in where he could. And so he had some moments. He had that high arcing three right for halftime. That was totally fun. Rainbow. But he had a lot of bad turnovers too of just kind of trying too much. So that's understandable. We kind of threw him into the fire, you know. All right. Well, that's uh, that'll do it for this week in Timberwolves basketball. But Scott, let's keep talking about Omri Caspi. You just mentioned him. Let's just keep it going. Let's transition into the signing. Well, I'm gonna. We should have a sound drop for this. Yeah. What's it gonna be? What's the what's the what's the cast dough? It's the rejection. Or is there a good G9? I'm gonna do the G9 one. Yep. Uh, G9. That's me G9 in your uh, transition. It was such a good transition to the next segment, but I did want to say one more thing about Ricky. Oh, boy. I do this often. I pull us back after Neil's made a good transition. And that is, I think that he's really underrated for his handles. He doesn't really break ankles like Chris Dunn whenever yeah. a defender tries to pressure him, though. Ricky's always comfortable breaking out dribble moves to keep the ball. Like, so rarely do we see, like, a lot of times we see people pressure Ricky when he's dribbling up the court, but I, he's so comfortable, like, just doing a behind-the-back dribble or a yeah. couple times. Like, he, he controls the ball very well. So he doesn't have, like, the crazy, like, Kyrie handles, but, like, at the same time, like, he can bust him out when you're trying to steal the ball. It's never him. too high. never goes off his foot. It's never loose. It's underrated. Yeah. Just watch it next time. You'll see it eventually, you know. It'll be happening in the final few games of the season. Uh, Wolf signed Omer Caspi to um, a deal for the rest of the season. Um, he will be a Timberwolf uh, for these final 10 games or so. Uh, so welcome to Minnesota, Omri Caspi. Um, he's an eighth-year player. He's played by, uh, from, for Sacramento, Cleveland, Houston, and then he was in Sacramento earlier this year. Got traded in the boogie deal and then broke his hand right away, first game. But uh, he's recovered from that. He's back, and now he's on our team. How do you Scott, feel about it, Neil? Oh, whoa. I think it's going to be good. I think it's uh, you know it's kind of strange that he wasn't signed for beyond this year. That's that's the weird part to me is that he didn't get a some sort of guaranteed deal for next year. You may not wanted it. Maybe he was like, no, I'll just play a little bit and get a better deal. But also he, said he chose us because he wanted the time instead of going to a playoff yeah, team. He said yeah, he just wanted to sh- get enough minutes to showcase himself. Probably the Celtics were in the mix uh, as well, but he chose us. 
Um, I, I love this. I was yeah. actually surprised because I expected him to go to a much better team. I yeah. mean, we've always liked Caspi as a you know role player. He doesn't want to play this summer. He wants to be done in, in a month. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he wants to go home. He got vacation. It's smart. <laughs> yeah, you know, you sit on the bench too much if you're just uh, like the 15th role player added yeah. on to you know a team. Yeah. So uh, I like having him here. You always the chance that he likes the fit, likes the coaching staff and the players, and decides to stick here. That's what you I think he for. would be a great compliment to our team, yep. and he really fills that Bielitsa role really well. He could. The thing about Caspi is that. You look at his role on other teams, and he's always been the guy who kind of fills the holes. If you need passing, he's a passer. If you need rebounding, he's a rebounder. You know, yep. you need shooting, he's always been shooting. You know, and so I think that he's got a great. I think he's probably better than Bielitsa, honestly. So, yeah, I mean, I, he's like a better version of Bielitsa. That's I mean, he why knows the NBA game him. better. The eight-year vet, you know, thing is huge. And yeah, I think he's a little bit. Uh, you know, he's more of a three-four. You know, he's more of a, a combo forward, I guess. Whereas like Bielitsa, you would just slot him in as power forward, and that's it. Yeah, even though he had some good minutes in the limited time he had some small forward minutes yeah. this season he did well um so yeah i, I think i'm optimistic about it i think he could be you know the four out there in a small ball lineup with uh towns that could be really devastating i think it's and good to get a good look at him for next year we'll like, see we'll see i hope he gets a lot of minutes because we need to ease up on the minutes we're giving everybody else on the team mm, so yeah uh, you needs, know. need to give some guys some breaks get a get a statistics are fun get a break out there um i will say though the pretty cool Facts about him. He's the first Israeli to be selected in the first round of an NBA draft. I believe he might be the first Israeli to play in the NBA, even. Um, so check that out. That's cool. Um, in two th- February 2009, he finished fourth place in voting for the FIBA Europe Young Men's Player of the Year Award. <laughs> the Young Men's. <laughs> he finished behind Ricky Rubio. Why don't you purify oh, yourself man. in the waters? I missed that one. Like Minnetonka. That's a good one. I was going to have this. I'm Ricky Rubio. I'm not like anybody else. He also finished behind Danilo Gallinari and former Timberwolf friend Costa Kufis. Nice. All right. Yeah. Well, I hope, uh, you know, Caspi, some, someone to look at for this end of the season. And then hopefully you get maybe if you like what you see, you get an inside track on signing him for next year and beyond, I think, would be, you know, the idea there. If he wants to, if he wants to come back, I think I think that would be the idea. Check out the show notes, everybody. I'm going to link you to an article. Um, I was in the mm. middle of it, so I can't really recommend <laughs> it in the Wolfies because I wasn't finished the New York article. You know how they get. But uh, Caspi runs <laughs> the Omri Caspi Foundation, which every year sponsors trips backed by the NBA Players Association for NBA players, WNBA players, and other celebrities to go to Israel. It's kind of like birthright, but for professional basketball players oh yeah there's a great picture of him and uh boogie cousins yep they went in 2005 Jumped he went in the with karan butler chandler parsons boogie iman shumpert tyreek evans last year he took uh jeremy piven who i'm sure has been to israel sean marion amari stoudemire ben Udra, uh rudy gay donald sloan chris copeland so and many others so nice uh, that's cool get on uh we'll link you to the article you can read it get welcome, to know the new wolf welcome to the team omer caspi also his number 18 is a uh it's a important number in judaism ah, so there you go there's another little little thing for you to know about him all right a couple more news items here before we get to our sponsor new logo has a reveal date and we got some more details uh that was for the color scheme. Yeah. I'm still not over the purple. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop fighting it. You know, I'm gonna embrace it. I'm ready uh, to have the new look. I think it's gonna be handled well. But uh, go ahead and set it up. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I the right the new you. logo will be revealed on the halftime of the final game on uh, April 11th against Oklahoma City. So you can go to that game and uh, see the logo for the first time. Now we have a question about this, don't we? We were talking about this. It's very interesting because they are going to be giving away. T-shirts to everybody to everybody who enters the building that night with the new uh, with the new logo. So the question is, if you're unveiling the logo at halftime, is it really a true unveil if everyone's wearing the T-shirt? I think this means they're giving the shirts out as you leave. But I've not really ever seen that at Target Center before. This might be a, a new thing for Target Center to give out something as fans walk out rather than they walk in. What do you think is going to happen? You think they give it out when they walk in? I think they're going to give it as they walk out because who knows how many fans are going to be at the final game. Like, yeah. It's the final game of the season or something. Yeah, it's hard to know. So, like, I've been to those games. They're not generally very well attended. Yeah. It's fan appreciation night. Yeah, there's lots of prizes, though. It's so, a yeah, fun it, night to go. And uh, it's, it's not super well attended ever, and especially because, you know, Twins baseball will be going on and stuff like that. Um, so, we'll see. I think it's probably a way for them to be like, we didn't want to make, like, 40,000 T-shirts when we were only expecting, like, 18,000 people to show up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, it could have just been something where they were like, well, we'll save money on T-shirts if we only give it to the people who are leaving. Yeah. It so also encourages fans to stay late. 
That's right. So so go check out that game. You'll get to see the logo. If you're a season member, if you're a ticket member, I'm sure you get to look at it sooner than that. You probably have an email regarding that. Um, but yeah, the logo's coming soon. Rodney Richardson, he's from Mississippi. They, this is another detail that design was announced. Firm. He's a di- designed some some logos for M- uh, current NBA teams. The good news is they did the Hornets, the Pelicans, the Hawks, and the Kings. The Kings, the Kings is the most recent one, and yep. it is wonderful. Especially some of the secondary logos yep. look really, really good. So I was I'm a big inspired fan by that. I was a big fan of the Hornets uh, yeah. rebrand Buzz as well, City. the Buzz City, and all the honeycomb patterns. That was the cool. Hawks is the one that's a little bit of a red flag. Well, that's the one. <laughs> the thing is with the Kings, that's the color one, and even to a certain extent, the Hornets a little bit, but especially with the Hawks and the Canes, that played up a lot of their old history. So my guess is that like the that logo the is going to go back to maybe like an old Shep Stoic Wolf Ooh. instead of a Snarling Wolf. Ooh. It'll be the kind of like yeah, how they revived the, pac, the Pac-Man logo for the the Hawks. Yeah, so that's I a think good they're going to the circle up, logo. update the Shep logo. Is my guess. Yeah, and we all love Shep. Um, yes. So more exciting details. I know everyone's very excited about that, and it sounds like they're going to be unveiling uh, the logo. And or excuse me, the the jerseys and uh, the court. Um, I like that you caught this and tweeted it. Court designs, hopefully plural. multiple, hopefully multiple. I bet, court I designs. Bet so. I bet so. Those will be coming later this summer, so we'll have lots of fun things this summer to talk about. Scott, anything else on the logo you want to talk about? Uh, you know, it's going to be better than what we have, so yeah. I think it's time for a change. I'm not, especially with even if it's not purple. If you look at the teams that this have done this redesign, they didn't like screw it up royally like the Clippers. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not too worried. As long you know? as it's not Clippers, gonna, bad. yeah, it's going to be all right. I'm not too worried about it. All right, finally. Headlines: We have uh, announcement of China preseason games against Golden State coming up uh, for next season. The Wolves will play October fifth in Shenzhen um, and October eighth in Shanghai. Two games against Golden State for uh, NBA preseason. How much fun, you know? Yeah, totally. We and uh, our boy Ricky Rubio already knows Chinese. He had a YouTube video with Yi Jian Lian. Uh, you'll be able to hear here Ricky's voice and uh, Yi speaking some Chinese to each other. Ricky's is doing his best right here. Speak some basic Chinese. We'll have the link uh, to this in the show notes. You can so see, you can there's, see other, subtitles. there's other NBA players in this series, and Ricky's the only one who takes it seriously. All the American players are like laughing at how stupid they sound and not really taking it that seriously. And Ricky's like trying to get the language down. Uh, so yeah, Ricky's not not Ricky's first trip to China. This will be really good for a lot of these players' brands, obviously. Oh, here's the blooper reel. I know Piao Lang. That's really bad. Okay. I'm really excited for this trip to China. <laughs> <laughs> she died. C-H-I-C-H-I. It's like she died? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wuhan, she died. <laughs> Wuhan, she died. Sha Shi Zhong. It was good, right? <laughs> no. Uh, it's fun with the audio, even yeah. better with the video. Go check it out. On we'll YouTube. link it in the show notes. Yeah, we'll link it up for you guys. Um, but yeah, it makes natural sense. Uh, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, Wiggins are good developing brands. Yep. A lot of times, that's who they choose to send over the years because Nike secretly controls the entire NBA, and so they uh, pick these players with uh, you know the the shoe companies at least do. So they pick these players with are huge brands, international brands. Ricky's yep. an international brand, mm-hmm. and so uh, it'll be a good fit. These guys are young guys, and so maybe some of them haven't been to China. So those are the guys who don't get tired out by pre. Season trips, yeah, they get energized and they have bonding it. and chemistry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think it's a uh, it's a great thing for the Timberwolves to be selected. Totally. Okay, um, time to get uh, to our sponsor here and uh, time to make some money. Um, let's do it. Here we go. All right, time to get to our sponsor. They paid us to say this stuff. Here we go. On the evening of January 26, Carl Town Senior is watching his son play professional basketball for the Minnesota Timberwolves. During a timeout, the team mascot Crunch, the Wolf, attempted a stunt in which he would sled down the aisle of the arena. The stunt went awry, and Crunch collided with Town Senior, injuring his leg and sending him to the hospital. Has something similar like this happened to you? Have you been injured or abused by a person inside a furry costume? Well, then contact Fuzzy Suits. 
the only law firm that specializes in mascot-related injuries. Lawsuits suited for victims of people in animal suits. They've helped countless people around the world and find themselves in a hard battle with the world's softest people. Don't take it from us. Listen to these satisfied customers. Yo, uh, last year at the Charlotte Hornets game, uh, Hugo the Hornet sat on my lap. At first I thought it was just a silly bit, but then I felt a sharp pain in my thigh. That Hornet has a real stinger. Fuzzy Suits helped me win over $100,000 in a lawsuit. Just a few weeks ago, my wife and I were watching the Sacramento Kings take on the Los Angeles Clippers. Slams and the Lion approached us in the third quarter and started dancing. It was all fun and games until he leaned in and whispered, You're the reason we've traded Boogie. It was horrible. Fuzzy Suits came to my rescue and now the Kings are paying my therapy bills for the rest of the year. Uh, hi. Uh, I, uh, in November, I uh, attended the Oklahoma City uh, Thunder game in Oklahoma. Uh, my girlfriend and I ended up on the kiss cam. Uh, sadly, I had a cold, a cold that evening, and uh, so I declined to kiss her. Uh, at that moment, the Oklahoma City Thunder mascot, Rumble the Bison, swooped in and kissed my girlfriend instead. Not cool, man. I've got commitment issues. Fuzzy Suits helped me sue the Thunder for thousands of dollars. Thanks. Whether it's baseball, football, not hockey for some reason, but definitely basketball. If you get injured mentally, physically, emotionally, perhaps even spiritually by a mascot, contact Fuzzy Suits, the only law firm that specializes in mascot-related injuries. Remember, these are lawsuits suited for victims of people in animal suits. Thank you very much to Fuzzy Suits for sponsoring and for supporting Wolvescast. Thank you very much. They won that. Uh, they won that lawsuit where the guy sued the Philly fanatic for hitting him in the eye with a hot dog. Another great one. That's a real lawsuit. Another great one. Real lawsuit. <laughs> All right. Up next, we have five questions with David Brower. All right, back to the show. We are here, five questions with, and today our our segment is five questions with David Brower. David is the co-host of the Brit and Brower podcast. Uh, it's a show that's mostly about the Timberwolves. Uh, he's a uh, was a writer for Min Post City Pages and was the editor for the Southwest Journal for a while. Uh, David, welcome to the show. Hey, it's fun to be here. Thanks, Neil. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Um, the Brit and Brower podcast is probably my favorite Timberwolves podcast. Hey, all right. You guys are doing Thank a great you. job over there. Thank and you. I highly recommend um, anyone listening to this show today definitely should go check out the Brit and Brower podcast. Again, it's it's about half Timberwolves and then half something else. Half lefty politics, half <laughs> half a, us railing at Trump or some statewide Republican or talking about the Minneapolis mayor's race. It's a weird, it's a weird motley mix. But when we when we set it up, we just decided we were going to do what we wanted because nobody was paying us, and so that's what it that's what you get. I love it. It's a it's a wonderful show. Go check it out. But uh, let's dig into uh, five questions here. Um, so in your writing career, you've mostly covered uh, local media and uh, politics, stuff like that. Um, and at what point did you start following the Timberwolves? And did you ever consider trying to write about or cover the team at all? <laughs> so I've started following the Timberwolves when the Timberwolves began. Wow. Um, I created the first and I think eventually only sports column for the Twin Cities Reader, which was uh, the rival to City Pages for okay. you, you younger people. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so like, I covered Target Center being built. I covered the name. Uh, people may not remember, maybe hardcore Timberwolves fans remember, but they were almost the Polars. <laughs> there was a contest, right? Yeah, there was a contest. And in the, in, in the snotty alt-weekly way that, that I had and still have, I actually uh, uh, published a picture of like some trapper in northern Minnesota in the 1920s who had like 20 dead Timberwolves <laughs> up on a pole, and I, I, I put that in my sports column. So that just shows you what kind of a jerk I am. But yeah, so right from the get-go, I was at the first game at the, the Metrodome. I was writing about him as long as I had a sports column, and then I wrote for the Timberwolves 
themselves, uh, I wrote for their program for many years. It was just fun, just a fun gig. That was when I was done with the reader. So, uh, so I've had a, a deep involvement. It was deeper probably 20 to 10 years ago, and then now suddenly in this last year with the Britt Brower podcast. Wow. So it started at the beginning for you. Very beginning. You're, you're not new to the game. You're- <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Gundars Vetra, Andre Guibert. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember Cubans playing for uh, for the Timberwolves. So yeah. Wow. Well, what were those? Did you ever go to the games in the dome then? Like. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. Games? No. I was at yeah. the first game at the dome. Like wow. that whole that whole season. Um, uh, that's where I met Sam Mitchell in the locker room. He became really good friends with uh, one of my best friends and one of Britt's best friends, a guy named Bob Hummel, who lives out in uh, L.A. now. But uh, Bob uh, spoke French, and so did Sam, and so they became really good buddies. And uh, so yeah, it was it was great. I mean, Musselman was crazy. Billy McKinney was the general manager then, and he was a good interview. Um, and you know, the team was like. The legend goes it was they were classic overachievers, huh. and then they blew the whole thing up in year two. And pretty, you know, then we had Jimmy Rogers, and then you know, Kevin Garnett's the only little island volcano that sticks up above the ocean in Timberwolves history, and otherwise, we're all submerged, yeah, until now. I hope. <laughs> Wow, that's that's awesome. Um, okay, next question. Um, like you said before, we've been working. You've been working in media and journalism for over thirty years, and the landscape has been changing a lot in that yes, time. I guess that's yes. what it's kind of always about. Yeah. Um, your latest project is a podcast, the aforementioned uh, Brit and Brower podcast. Um, you know, how, what's your experience with podcasting been so far, and how do you feel about it as uh, you know a medium to share your voice and share your opinions? Well, I think Brit and I. Being writers, he's still a writer. Uh, we agree that talking is way easier than writing, and so for yeah. us, we we've had these discussions and debates. Our whole friendship, we're best friends. He was the best man at my wedding, and so we've been talking about doing a podcast for years. And when I finally decided to retire, um, I said, "Okay, now I've got the time. I really need an outlet. So let's get together and do it." And you know, he's still busy, but uh, for us, what you hear on the on the air is really who we are and and maybe we're a little nicer on the air than we are off the air with each other because he, he's, he's a street fighter and and then I can get my back I, I can get my back up and you know it all gets crazy but um, for us he calls them verbal frisbees our uh, our podcast episodes and I think that's a great description we're really you know you're an artist so there are times when to be creative you just have to let go yeah. you just have to like do let it flow. And for me, like as a neurotic overthinky writer, that has not been my forte. So com- like compared to your your podcast setup here uh, in your office, like ours is very slapdash. Our website is very slapdash. Our prep is almost non-existent. Um, so we're really just taking this as a cruise. Um, just let's see what happens. Let's see where it goes. We've been happy with the numbers. There's times when I get a little angsty about maybe it should be produced a little bit better. But yeah. until you know the numbers really fall off, I don't. I don't think I'm going to put too much into it and just focus on letting it flow. Yeah, I mean, you guys do a great job, and I think that's important. Podcasting is that you have a rapport with that person. Obviously, Scott and I do the show. We're brothers. We're family. Yeah. And you guys, you know, are as close as brothers. You yeah, and Brit. We really so, are. And I think that you can really tell that. So Thank even you. if you don't have the, you know, production or the, you know, prep, that those things come secondary to the relationship and to the vibe you have on the mics together. And you can definitely hear that. And then that's, what's so much fun about the show. That's great. Well, thank you. Yeah. I, as a musician, I, I would expect you would kind of know that yeah. sort of rhythm and uh, yeah, feel. I'm so glad it's good. going well I'm for glad you guys. It comes through. Well, I'm just glad you guys jumped into it because it is sort of daunting and different. And it's like, it's, both of you have never tried it before. Like you said, you were a radio host in the I was, past, but I love being a radio host. The only problems with being a radio host were I was on in the morning. This was mm. in the middle of the nineties and, on KFAN and uh, KSTP, and uh, you know my listenership was NPR's listenership. Yeah. So let's just say I didn't do super great. But um, I played out the string for uh, for a co- I, I fooled them for a couple of years, and I've missed it. Yeah, and I don't want to go back to commercial radio. That just sucks. So yeah. this is just I, I love the podcast era because really you're not locked into a few radio things where you have to like if you're on NPR, you're going to talk about sports in a boring way. 
almost condescending. If you're in uh, commercial radio, well, you know what that shtick is. So, <laughs> shock jock. So, yeah. So, podcasts are really the way to go. It's the future of radio. It is the future of radio. Time-shifted radio. Exactly. Okay. Um, next question here. Question number three for David Brower of the Britain Brower Podcast. Uh, which Timberwolves player would you support for mayor of Minneapolis? In your last show, you had some some mayoral race yeah, we uh, talk, yeah, and we it seems like something you're passionate about. So, you know, let's uh, you know get silly here. What which Timberwolves player would make the best mayor of the city of Minneapolis? Okay, so I have a real instant answer for like <laughs> Timberwolves players in history. Yeah, you can go you can go all the whole year. I Ab- mean, the whole uh, franchise history. Absolutely, the best guy would be Thurl Bailey, <laughs> and the reason that Thurl Bailey would be my mayor of Minneapolis is that he's the only Timberwolf I know of who lived in Minneapolis but didn't live in a downtown condo. I think he lived over by Lake of the Isles. But, like, he and his family were, like, in a hood. Yeah. And so I just thought, that's the neatest thing. Like, what a cool – and he turns out to be a really cool guy, really smart guy, uh, a pleasure to cover, a pleasure to watch play. If only, you know, we could have had him in his prime. Uh, But he for sure – he's the first guy that came to mind. Now, on the current squad – I think like a guy like Carl Towns seems to have that sort of I don't know he's got the, he's got the cockiness and the confidence and the intelligence you need to be a politician. He's really green. He's, he could sort of be the Jacob Fry of this race though. And, and, and Jacob's like Jacob's okay. He'd be an okay mayor, but he's not my first choice. Uh, you know, you're tempted to say Ricky Rubio because he has to see the whole floor. Ooh, and, ooh I and, like that. And and. All of that. Town says all the right things like a politician, even if sometimes you don't believe him. You well, know what the, I mean? You're like, you're, you might just be saying this. Maybe I don't believe you. But you, you're kind of staying above board here with all the things you say. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, Britt and I have talked about this a lot because we both love Towns. And how could you not? But he is kind of callow. And um, there is that, that twinge of, I don't know if he's bullshitting himself or just it's just bullshit, <laughs> standard athlete bullshit at this point. But... That's a little bit of a ding. You're right. For me, that's a little bit of a ding. Well, you guys call him the teacher's pet, which is my favorite. That's I, my favorite. I, I, I mean, <laughs> Towns I, analysis, he is the teacher's pet, for I, better or for worse. I hope he stays here, you know, through his whole career so that we can watch him grow into really what Kevin Garnett kind of grew into, maybe without the the super, you know, psycho edge. <laughs> but um, I think when he's a man, when he's a true man— He's going to be amazing. He's going to be amazing not just as a player but as a person because he clearly gets, you know, the big picture. Um, I'm trying to – yeah, I I guess I would have to pick between those two. I feel a little dumb not, like, finding some some – Obscure bench player to uh, to wow you. All I mean, you with. did throw Bailey. Well, so throw Bailey from that's, the past. That's, yeah, your, that's, your, that's your deep cut. Can, okay, so there we go. Yeah, there you go. That's right. Would, would Thibodeau make a good mayor? Or would I mean, I think you the know, idea would be he was, he's so focused on basketball. But what if he turned his attention to making the city better? Could I, he do it? I think he could. But there's two. I have two hesitations. One is I think all of his department heads would quit from overwork because <laughs> he really doesn't rest people. And the second thing is he's kind of monomaniacal, mm. kind of. He is monomaniacal, mm-hmm. which is great, like, if you want the mayor to focus on the city. But, again, like, I've covered politics for 30 years, and it's better when these guys are kind of whole people mm. because when they're when they're just focused on themselves or on their job, it just becomes – they lose perspective, and uh, stuff starts to matter to them that really doesn't matter to the people that they're governing. But I will say this. I think – he has been amazing this year in terms of not being a jerk to cover, being fairly good about giving answers. Not always. I mean, Brits, Brits, you know, he's able to hide some things that he doesn't want to say. But on the whole, he's exceeded my expectations. He's not a ranting, raving lunatic, you know, at the lectern or anything. Yeah. And I think for the most part, he's done a good job. So. So he could be in the mix. All right. Uh, Question number four. On your show, uh, you often ask your co-host, Britt Robeson, who... uh uh, writes wonderfully for uh, for Min Post uh, about the Timberwolves. If you're listening to the show, you've definitely read Britt's work. You ask him to break down some of the intricacies of the game of basketball. Um, it's it's one of my favorite parts about your show is is how you guys talk with him, sort of covering the team, and you coming from a little bit of a novice from the from the actual X's nose and the kind of basketball lingo. Um, what's your favorite example of something Britt has helped you understand about basketball? Well, gosh, I feel like he's understood everything. I mean, my my weakness as a sports 
sports writer always was that because I didn't play the games, mm. um, I, I, I was not. I ended up not being as sophisticated about seeing the real nuances that I think you have to see to be a better kind of sports writer as opposed to the one that just gets spoon fed by by management or plays. You really have to know as much about the game, and for whatever reason, you know, I have kind of a learning disability there. Now, Britt will tell you I know more than I let on, so we'll just keep everybody guessing there. But So it's a tough question for me to answer because I feel like he's educated me about so much. But uh, a couple of things that have been really helpful for me is um, understanding defensive rotations and defensive mm-hmm. strategies. When we first started covering the Wolves, you could not play. You had to play man-to-man. Mm-hmm. And so that made things a lot simpler. It was yeah. just matchups. But now where you can sort of do anything – um, uh, rotations, both on offense and defense, switching on defense is critical. And so helping see that. And then offensive philosophies, spacing was one of the first concepts that, that Britt really hammered home for me from his old uh, Celtics days. But, you know, how you, uh, how you organize, how you become a pick and roll team or not, how you defend a pick and roll mm. or not. Yeah. Um, you know, it's such a, such a wide variety of things. And, if anything, I would say like Britt's column is a, is a lot more statty now than it was when it started, which is a little bit of a detriment. He uses it to support his more sophisticated basketball knowledge. But before we had all those stats, it was the eyeball test. Mm. And that is what where he really excels. Mm. And so it was fun to read his column because he didn't have to fall back on the numbers, which are helpful and good, and I'm a number-oriented person, but I have more of a general manager mentality. Uh, uh, but back in the day, it was sort of it was a little bit more poetry, sort of, because you just had to describe what you saw. Yeah, you didn't have all the numbers to back up those things. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, stats, and I think what something that I've heard on your show is it's it's difficult too because you can talk scheme and you can try and understand what are they doing on defense here, but. You're, some of the things you guys have talked about is that it's hard to know what Thibodeau is asking of the team to yes. do. Are what kind of coverage is supposed to be happening here? Um, you know, is this overhelping or underhelping that kind of thing? So a lot of it's very difficult because you just don't know what the coach is asking of the players. Well, and I know this sort of gets may get at your next question, but yeah. one of the things that's been fun this year is that if you're a Timberwolves fan who's relatively new to it. Um, and you've only seen the team be bad. Yeah, post-KG. <laughs> uh, now you're starting to see what happens with a team when they play a team game. Yeah. It's still very inconsistent, and obviously there are problems. You're going to finish under 500 now to the playoffs this year probably. But you really, if you look and you have any kind of sophistication, you can start to see those baby steps, which gets directly to what you're saying, which is it is sometimes harder to finger one person when the rotation – didn't have that's why yeah. uh, Carl Anthony Towns, for example, is almost getting too much praise now again because um, he's but he's regressing on defense and his rotations have been bad this year. Yeah, and that'll be something that'll have to be cleaned up next year if they're going to be a playoff club. So yeah, yeah, so. awesome. All right, final question here. The same question we close every. Uh, segment five questions with um, uh, you know we just need to find out who's a Timberwolves pessimist who's a Timberwolves optimist David will the Timberwolves be okay yes I'm a total optimist Uh, I have followed this team long (laughs) enough to know that when the Timberwolves don't have talent they're screwed Uh, when they don't have athleticism especially and they don't have talent they're screwed so they have talent they have athleticism they're they're younger then I think all of us who were enthusiastic coming into the season realized. And it's mm-hmm. a long road. I've said this at the beginning of the season. It's a long road to a title. But they're on it. Mm-hmm. You know, Next year will be a key year, both because they need to sign free agents and they'll have a window before all the contract extensions kick in, assuming they're the guy Wiggins mm-hmm. and Towns will sign contract extensions. Um, but I think the team's got the building blocks and – they should be attracted to free agents. They have the salary cap. You get a you know you, know, you get a nice uh, physical four for this team. You improve the bench. the 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 mainstays get one year older. Hopefully, they stay as injury free. We're going to be real good. Awesome. Might have to be a little bit more patient. That's <laughs> okay. We can do that. It's been this long already. Yeah. Uh, we're we're in the five year plan for, for really, Tom Thibodeau. <laughs> ta- talent, talent, and smarts. The the club has them both. They just need to get experience. That's right. Well, awesome. Uh, David, thank you for joining me today. Please tell the folks out there where um, people can follow you online and see your work. Yeah. So if you search for B-R-I-T-T, 
and B-R-A-U-E-R. It'll come up uh, yes. pretty quick. It's an unlikely combination. Yeah, we'll link to the show um, and your Twitter account in the show notes of the show as well. Yeah, we're, we're on iTunes, and if you search for me on Twitter, it's Brower and uh, uh, Brit is Britt Robson. So, you know, iTunes is out. We're on almost all the major SoundCloud, um, uh, at least the old episodes are on Stitcher. I'm trying to fix that. Yeah. So it shouldn't be hard if you know anything about getting podcasts, and you do because you're listening to this one here <laughs> uh, somewhere. So, um, yeah, just check us out. We'd love to, and we love feedback too. So, by any means necessary, Facebook, um, uh, it's on my personal page, uh, which you're welcome to follow. And uh, you can leave comments on the website, et cetera, et cetera. Awesome. Thanks for being on the show, David. It's my pleasure, Neil. Bye-bye. Now presenting your weekly Wolfie. Well, uh, that was... uh... I'm just glad that he has a good podcasting partner already, because uh, I'd, be I'd be threatened by my spot on this pod. It's very natural. You came uh, here and sat in your seat. Man, he's a real natural. How about that? He's got seat. a great uh, rapport for radio, good radio voice. You know, yeah, used to be on, on KSTP radio. So, oh, man, uh, thank you again for that interview. That was a terrific listen. Yes, and thank a good you. A, a good as advertisement as any is why you should be listening to that pod because <laughs> they're they're great. Yeah, it's just the best, just the best for sure. Um, all right, time to get to weekly wolfies. Give away some awards um i'll get us started off i would like to give uh the wolfie this week to uh baxter holmes of espn he wrote uh he wrote a wonderful piece um this week he gets the how he gets the how for the wolfie he wrote a wonderful piece about peanut butter and jelly this week one of my favorite sandwiches one of my favorite meals to this day i can confirm that it's called the nba's secret addiction <laughs> how one performance enhancing sandwich has spread through the nba uh it's just a really fun read it's a really long read surprisingly yeah, it's a long read so i haven't started it yet <laughs> but i remember uh yeah it's i remember long. reading an article last year about how the warriors i'm sure this is probably in the story about how the Warriors fought back because the Warriors were being like, you know, just cutting edge and like sleep technology, making sure the guys sleep and nutrition and all that. So they cut out PB&J from the team flights uh, because <laughs> of nutrition issues. And like Draymond Green and Steph Curry had to like fight to get it back. Yeah, it was like a big that, thing, big victory for their team. Yeah, some of that is in this piece, talking to Luke Walton about that one. But yes, it's it's uh, Timberwolves related in a way because it all starts with KG. That's how the whole article starts out. It talks about how it was a sandwich he wanted, uh, you know, in the 2008 Celtics era time. And uh, he started this thing where they would have a PB&J buffet. All the different breads, all the jams, all the jellies, almond butter, crunchy butter, all the stuff, you know. Kevin so, Kevin Garnett's gone mad. He, he's got mad cow disease. <laughs> yeah, from all that PB and J. PB and J. So you got to go check it out. It's for ESPN the magazine. It's also on ESPN.com. It will be linked in the show notes. Don't be so KG got us all started on the PB&J. He's just another reason to love him. credited a lot in this piece. So go check out. It's really funny. Lots of stories from around the league. Lots of different teams and how they deal with the peanut butter and jelly situation. All teams got to have it. It's a great little snack. Uh, I, yeah. uh, like I said, I've got it queued up. I'm going to read it. It's just a long piece. Yeah, it's so great. it's better for weekend reading. Yeah, it's I got, got that coming up. Yeah, totally. Who, uh, who gets your Wolfie? My Wolfie is going to my trivia team. Uh, yeah, give him the howl. Give him the swish. And then, just for good measure, I'm going to give them the uh, Shabazz of Thirsty. Hey, Shabazz, Shabazz Muhammad continues to stay thirsty. Because they come to thirsty. He is, he is that. that because uh, they, because they come to a bar and have right, some drinks. Play yeah. trivia. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I got to find this. I don't know where it is. My, I'm I am not an organized person. Uh, I don't. You know, sometimes you you know you listen to a podcast, you think you, you get to know these people. You know, and uh, if you pictured me in your head as a neat person, I am not. And especially after trivia, like basically the last twenty minutes of trivia, anything you tell me or I promise you, I will not remember the next day. <laughs> it's a wrap. Uh, which is not a great reason to come to trivia. So uh, apparently, I told him to write something on a napkin, and then I would read it on the podcast. Oh boy! And uh, I can't find that. Napkin. Where's that napkin? I might have used it to like clean my face. So uh, if I find it, I'll read it on the pod. But if not, shout out to you guys. You at least have a weekly Wolfie. We're going to send it to you. It's uh, you know very heavy. And uh, thanks for coming to Trivia every week and supporting me, even though you guys are, uh, you know, not... Uh, you're all sharp basketball minds. I don't ask the right questions for you guys sometimes. That's what I'm trying to say. Thanks for coming every week. Go trivia. Remember, draw basketball by your team name. You get an extra point. Sometimes they're the only team that does that. Oh, 
Oh. That's because they're loyal listeners, Neil. <laughs> Absolutely. You should come in trivia and play on their team. I got to get in there. I got to come play. All right. That's uh, Weekly Wolfies. Congratulations to the winners. Time to play a game. We're going to do some spelling bee this Ooh. week. Yep. 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 We got a spelling bee. Spelling bee in uh, in honor of... If you come to trivia, I always say spelling doesn't matter as long as I can tell what you're trying to write because I get it. I'm not great at spelling either, but not here. Here, the spelling will count. Neil and I each have three different ones for each other. Easy, medium, and hard. Spelling bee, you need to get it right. You, you, can't, you can't have one letter off even or, or it is totally wrong. So yes, time time to spell some things. Easy, medium, and hard. You want to get a start, Neil? I will get a start indeed. Okay, Scott. We're, um, uh, we don't want to talk about this, but I'm thinking just last names. Is okay. that okay if we just roll last names? I'll give you the player's full name, and then it is your job to spell just their last name. Okay. Starting us off, uh, Scott, your name is Trenton Hassel. Hassel. Hassel is H-A-S-S-E-L-L. your last name. H-A-S-S-E-L-L. Yeah. Nice, nice job. I've Way to get the double enough, S, double L. I've sent out enough Trenton Hassel cards on pin, <laughs> pin orders and T-shirt orders over the year. That's another reason why you should buy a Tom Thibodeau pin. You get basketball cards. Just like uh, just like Sam Cassell, two S's, two L's. All right, Neil. We'll yep. play by the same rules, just okay. last names. All right, all right. Your first name is Bill Musselman. Ooh, Bill Musselman. His name is behind me on the spine of a book. I will not look. Ooh. Bill Musselman. Oh, man. Two S's? All right. Muscleman, M U S S E L M A N, Muscle Man. Fortunately, it's M. Oh wait, no, you got it right. Oh, I made a typo when I was not like a C. It's not like a C, like muscle. I thought I made a typo. Uh, maybe I. You got to double check your phone. Will correct it. M E N. It's M A N. You were correct. <gasps> the thing I was worried about is like, is he going to get? Is he's going to put double L's, double N's? Oh. You know, there's a lot of different ways. Yeah, check no, your spellings it. here. Your your phone will correct yeah. these into actual words. Yeah, jerky phone. All right, next one for you, Scott. Mikhail Jellyball. Oh my gosh. Okay. Not, not uh, a my long thing is Mikhail is the difficult one there. Jellyball, I can do. Jellyball. It's G E L A B L E. Sorry, close. Mikhail Jellyball. Jellyball is G E L A B A L E. B A L E. Bail. Bail. Doesn't doesn't sound right. But and I, did, I didn't get any of the accents either. <laughs> obviously. Mikhail Jellyball. One season. One half season with the Wolves. <laughs> right there. I'm gonna switch it up a little bit. All right. Neil. Yep. Your next one is. Where is it? Judy Eb. <laughs> okay. Music, okay. Yeah. So it's Eb. Yeah. Eb, Eb is it? Oh yeah, I guess that that makes it a little easier for you, huh? Eb, duty, Eb, indie, Eb. No, that's how you pronounce it, though. I mean, yeah. duty's wrong, but Eb, uh, I believe it's just Ebi. Okay. Can you get the first name? Ooh. Take a stab at the first name. N D U B I U D I. Ah, oh, okay, okay, okay. Duty, Eb. All right, Scott. Last one here for you. This is this is in the hard difficulty, I think. Although a name we all know, a name we all love, gonna give it to you right here. It's Tom Gugliotta. All right, here Tom we go. Tom Gugliotta. Gugliotta. G U G Goog Liotta L I O T T A. You did yes. it. You yes. got the hard one. Nice. That's a hard one, though. I wouldn't have gotten that one. Nice. You nailed it. Gugliotta. Well, Gugliotta. Uh, you know, another famous alumnus. I'm sure you knew this one was coming, Neil. All right, last one here. Wally Serbiak. Oh! Wally's World. No! Maybe I can get it. All right, Zerbiak. S Z. No. Oh, S C Z. Nope, you're right the first time. My, uh, once again. Gosh. It's autocorrect. It's autocorrect. Do you have it? Yes, I do. S Z. Yes. C E R B I A K. Almost perfect. Neil. Just forgot one letter. You forgot the second Z. Oh, it's two Z's in Zerbiak. S Z C Z E R B I A K. Wally, Wally, Wally. Some other ones I was thinking of. Nesterovich. Yeah. Olo Candy. And before you did this last name's only thing, Adrian Payne. He's spelled Adrian Payne's first name. My backup was Leitner. Leitner. Oh, man. I don't think I could spell Leitner. I, I could try it. It's L-A-E-E. L-A-E-T-T. 
Late E N E R. Close. L A E T T N E R. N E R. Put an extra T. Double T in the middle. Double T in the middle. Well, uh, that's a good one because it took us long enough to do it that maybe you were able to spell along (laughs) at home with us, everybody. Spelling. Something that's going out of fashion. Spelling. Along with every other kind of learning. (laughs) I'm reading a collection of dystopian fiction short stories and. Messing with my mind. <laughs> my sponsor was going to be about like memory sticks that implant memories. Mm, yeah. So uh, I liked your sponsor better. All right. Uh, that does it for today's show of Wolf's Cast. Appreciate to, you being here. Time you guys. for me to throw in all my all my uh, drops. You did some, oh my god! You did some good ones today. Though. I know, I'm glad yeah. you got some Harlan stuff in there. That was. You uh, don't get to hear some of those. Put some respect on my name. Remember that. All right, that's enough. Don't go crazy. I have one more I want to do. Save some for another show. But everyone wants, to hear, everyone wants to hear this one. Jack Link's jerky. That's right. That's right. Ha. That's right. That's right. Thanks right. for listening, everybody. I yes. uh, hope you enjoyed this pod as much as we did. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you again to David Brower for a terrific interview. You should go listen to his podcast as long as it doesn't stop you from listening to our podcast but if it does we thing. understand yeah, we understand thing, yeah. you know it's a, it's a, it's a damn good politics listen i mean to... podcast and i was going to say maybe it'll push you left to the dial on your politics meter yeah, yeah. i love listening to them talk politics as well no that's the thing you listen to their show but make sure you still have room for our show we have Come a on. very different shows very very different theirs yep. is intelligent and ours is much more silly <laughs> we're much more we're, we're you know we're the variety show true 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 they are the you know tonight show and we are yeah. you know the gone show you guys I, I should have said the name i can pronounce <laughs> i should never say that word uh we'll be back next week with another show make sure you follow us on twitter at wolvescast at instagram at wolvescast pod and post some cool pictures of silly stuff i buy on ebay thank you for your retweets your shares it's always good to see people retweeting it and sharing the podcast because that makes us feel validated lovely well we have a couple more weeks of timberwolves basketball and uh so we'll probably have a, a couple crazy weeks we yeah. got a new logo coming at the end ooh, of the tunnel ooh, so ooh. and then you know we'll have a lot of stuff to talk about after the season as yeah. well and you know we'll either get to talk about the playoffs or the draft but two topics that we can dive a lot deeper into at a later point that's right thanks for listening to the show everybody this week see you next time bye what was working so well for you guys in the first half? Definitely, I think it's transition. And, uh, we're doing a great job on defense. We, myself, everybody, you know, it's a tough team. And um, especially Kawhi and, and the guys. I mean, so we're doing a really good job. And uh, everybody's uh, collecting uh, a collective bargaining agreement.